Happy Wednesday. It is podcasting day. We will not forget to boomerang. I'm just going to make myself a sticky note right now so <laughs> that we don't forget something <laughs> so that we can plug our own show for crying out loud. Um, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. This is Rachel Vote, and I am here with my best friend, Miss Anderson. Yay. Hello. Tell everybody where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on the Book of Face. Please friend request me because it's quarantine time and we like friends. Um, and you can also search for my private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson on the Facebook. Oh, yes. And I get more excited as it gets later in the year because it means we're almost to two-year pictures. Mm-hmm. And I know that we'll be able to do those since we have been around each other in quarantine anyways. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and I mean, it's not like you can't take pictures from a far distance anyway. So right. just as a heads up to anybody that needs their pictures taken. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited for that. And and we have been talking, oh, actually, I know people in the podcast world can't see this, but I ordered this <laughs> to try this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. won't even tell them what it is, but I thought we'd been talking about doing an, a boudoir session, uh, and I think that once I can actually find a weed whacker to shave my legs, because <laughs> it's been God knows how long, <laughs> and maybe some cocoa glow, yes. then then we, we could totally rock one of those out. Uh, and maybe and then get some regrowth <laughs> to take care of too. Same. Or maybe I should just do a quarantine boot, boot bar session and make yes. it for real for real. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be, how funny would that be? That'd be so much fun. That'd be so funny. Oh, like all my hangnails and don't fill my eyebrows in, whatever. Okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, those are all the places that you can find Anderson, please go and do that. And for myself, you know that you can follow me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Vote for Parties. Definitely check out my story as I totally messed it up this morning. I was just telling Anderson again. I had a really good streak there that I was doing really well, but whatever. It was like six o'clock in the morning. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we have the Beginner's Guide to Wellness, which I am like two days behind jumping in and doing a live, but. You just did one on Monday, so. Oh my gosh, that was the worst live ever. Whatever, whatever. I was so scatterbrained. And I literally said in the live video, I was like, I need Rachel here so I can have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about. Well, no, I, well, we, we can talk about that because I, I, you had said that like two minutes in, you were like, I feel like I'm all over the place. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Uh, but definitely be uh, getting your tush into that group if you feel like you're struggle busting a little bit. More importantly, if you feel like you have been getting something from our podcast and things like that and you just want to kind to amplify that momentum and your growth. It's a good place to be. There's a lot of vulnerability. There's a lot of people talking about, you know, what they are finding is holding them back. It's a lot of getting past what's holding you back. And so it's a really great, great community to be a part of. And it's 100% free if you didn't know that. And of course, 18 years or older, if you are a feminine energy and you're looking for a place to build your sexual confidence, I'm going to say that this week instead of just sexual wellness and intimacy. Um, I'm really stoked about that. Uh, I just got a whole huge box of of product spotlight product including the door swings back so mm-hmm, we'll, s- we'll see where that goes <laughs> we will see where that Are you goes gonna do a live demo with the door swing yeah i'm thinking of well the only thing that literally was holding me back is like what well, i'm like well, when am i gonna do it like the you know the kids are here all the time now <laughs> yeah olivia doesn't sleep like she used to so i mean i'll probably have to i probably have to wait till a weekend when it's just olivia and she's like napping i don't know yet that's the that's the problem um 
but I want to do it live. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you never do a live on the weekend. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. But door swinging mm-hmm. coming at you. If you're like, what? I mean, talk about yoga swing is what we're talking about. Exactly. Okay. So, um, oh, and tonight, sorry. Tonight is also cooking in Chef Tone's Kitchen live. It will normally be on Thursday evenings. Uh, tonight is 730, but it'll be back to Thursdays next week. I'm super stoked. Tony told me this morning. I'm so, it's just like our podcast. I never know what I'm doing in my life. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. It's on the schedule. I just don't know what we're doing. Uh, but it is a burrito bowl night chipotle burrito mm. something lime I, he had like 15 words in there it's fantastic all i know is that i started drooling when he told me what we were doing so if you would like a free burrito bowl you should just tune into my facebook tonight and share the live that's all it takes to win yourself some free food last week we did the pico and um the first person that won it was the girl that won the very first week for brownies and i was like that's awesome but tony's like well let's go ahead and just do a second second batch so we had two winners last week which was really fun so yeah free food in quarantine delivered to your doorstep nice and fresh and 100 free you can't go wrong with that and more than likely it's borderline super healthy for you i don't say borderline it's super healthy for you but it's borderline vegetarian vegan or plant-based you won't even be able to tell <laughs> okay so now that we've plugged ourselves for five minutes, <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do what we want. But I will also say that, you know, uh, one thing that we are uh, missing, I think, in this podcast is we forget to tell you guys constantly that if you get value from it, you should be sharing it. Um, nobody's going to find it. Nobody's going to stumble upon some tiny little Midwest podcast, um, you know, by two chicks that are kind of in personal development. <laughs> so if you're getting value from it, it's really important that you start sharing it to uh, your friend's timelines. You can share it to them in Messenger. You can share it to them via text, whatever the case may be. But you do not have to feel like you would be embarrassed by sharing what you're going through, by sharing something that moved you. I think that that was um, one of the things that I should have done earlier in my personal development was talked more about it. I just, I know part of it was not intentional. It was like, <clears throat> I just didn't know I should be sharing it. I just, I just thought I was reading a book. You know what I mean? But, excuse me, but now that I know what I know, when I start mentoring other people in their personal development, I, I mean, I'm telling them to shout it from the rooftops. It doesn't matter if you're your heaviest weight you've ever been. It doesn't matter if you are the brokest you've ever been. It doesn't matter if you just started taking antidepressants and you're like, how can I share my story? I'm completely broken. That is why you need to share your story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only do I think it keeps you much more accountable uh, I mean, the fact that I started sharing with people, I was getting up at six o'clock in the morning. Like I lay there at six Oh five and I'm like, do I really want to get out of bed? I'm like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? People are going to know. Mm-hmm. And that might be just like egocentric thinking, like there's 5,000 people tuning in to see what time I get up in the morning, but, uh, it still d- works for me. I don't, I, I should, I don't care if it's three people that see it or if, if it is 5,000, because it just, it's like the amount of people that will start coming to you and saying something you said clicked for me, something you said really worked for me, something you said got me through a dark time. That's where your motivation is going to not only amplify, in my opinion, but that's where the accountability starts to really count. Like you start to see. It's weird because for me, it was like it was for other people first, not because, again, it was like bringing me more money in the bank account is because they were making moves in their lives and that leads to so many other things. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was almost backwards. Like I was seeing it work for other people. I was seeing it touch other people's lives. And then it kept me more accountable to myself. Promises started to matter. Like things that I I, I committed to started to really dig deep into my soul versus that, well, I'm going to try this three-day beet diet and see how it goes and give up after 1.5 days. Uh, Because when you make a promise to yourself, I think that people let it go so easily because it's like, who does it really hurt? 
I'm the person that made the promise, so mm-hmm. why? Uh, why does it matter? That's what I was talking about. That. So, uh, so that's kind of what we're leading into talking about today is like intention. And what was the other thing I said? Intention and coaching. In, in coaching and like getting coached, mm-hmm. being mentored, mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. I can't believe I already forgot. <laughs> Just spit all over you. Are you okay? <laughs> Sorry. Are you talking to me or your computer? You. You're fine. Yeah. I did. Your computer. Oh, I thought it hit you. Okay, if you guys could just be here, it'd be you got (laughs) missing a live show at the same time. Uh, All right, so I don't even know which one to go with first. I would say, I mean, we could just have an organic conversation like we always do and see where it goes. I feel like we should talk about the difference between intention and consistency. Oh yeah. I feel like that's a good. Yeah, yeah. So I last night on um, a team Zoom. I had the ladies go around and say like what they were most excited for, for May. And I'm not kidding you. Half of them said, I'm looking forward to some of them was maintaining consistency. Some of them was adding to my consistency. Some of them was like starting it, but they all like 50% of them said consistency. And so it was just, it was funny because the first time somebody said it, I raised the roof. And then the second time I said it, like other people started doing it. So it was, it was a lot of fun because a lot of people know that that is my word consistency. Uh, and we'll tie this back to that passion portion because the person that really drove home for me, how important consistency was, was not even speaking to me at the time that, you know, she was talking about it and I don't know what it was for me. It was not a, I've heard it so many times, but now it's clicking kind of thing. It was Mm -hmm. just like, what could go wrong? I guess if you, if you just tried one thing, if you just changed one thing and consistently did it, what's the worst that could happen? Nothing, nothing bad, I guess. Right. Like you just go back to the way your life was being lived. And I don't even, I don't know. I think it was a business thing that I decided to do. I don't remember what the first thing it was that I started building consistency in, but it just made sense all of a sudden. It was like, yeah, I I mean, I guess if I just tried the one thing, the small thing for a little bit and see where it went. Okay. And then it just became my word, like almost immediately. I like it. Almost immediately. I know I've heard you say the word consistency about mm, three point five bazillion times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's okay. It's helped me through a lot of business stuff. It's helped me hearing somebody close to me preach about being consistent in business and being consistent in your personal life has kind of helped me uh, not lose motivation. I I won't say it motivated me, but when you're sitting there on the couch and you're looking at your Netflix and you're like, oh, I should be doing my business stuff, you're like, ah, it's okay. I can wait until tomorrow. But then you're you hear Rachel's voice. Ah, but then that's not consistent. I could be consistent. So it's it's helped make some of my business practices automatic. Like, I don't even think about them. Like, I don't think about not doing certain things. Right. I'm like, nope, I've got to be consistent it's in this. It's part of my schedule now. It's part of my lifestyle. Yeah, it's become a habit. Yeah, so. exactly. All of those words are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And I was very, very proud at how much that took off. Like, within mostly within my organization through work for sure. But now I can say that I, I like when, when uh, there was a click for me at some point, which was also kind of a detriment to me where I realized that mentoring was not going to stop within my organization. Um, that was great in terms of fulfillment, but it was also, uh, I don't want to say that like it, because I think this goes back to money is what it sounds like. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm talking about like mentoring people outside of my organization, it doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And while I've been doing the classes and I've been doing the one-on-ones, which I'm still, you know, open to, as we've talked about, especially within the quarantine, 
Uh, it's very hard to blur the lines between being a good person and a friend and saying, all right, well, now it's time to coach you and you need to pay me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in quarantine, I kind of just threw the whole rule out the window because I'm like, you don't know where people are at. You don't know uh, any of that stuff. Like it just, it, it, to me, it became very, very clear that it was a time to give. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know that, by the way, okay, yes. Um, I'm doing like a minimum of 15 calls a week and half of them are not even people that are on my organization. And that's been very, very rewarding uh, because some of them don't even need to coach with me anymore. They are at a place where they feel like they just needed to fine tune up. They, they had some personal development under their belt and they were like, I just kind of needed a reminder. I needed to, uh, you know, check in with somebody that had the tools to survive a crisis and remind me that I had them as well. And I was capable and then started spacing out calls from going to weekly to bi-weekly. And then some of them are no longer needing me right now, which is a great problem to have. It's almost mm-hmm. sad, but it's the best thing that you want as a mentor. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that. No, do I? We're talking about like coaching people within your organization versus outside of it. And that's what it was. It was a click that. I knew that I I actively told my team within Pure Romance, you need to know that I'm no longer building my organization. That I was clear and open with them. And I wanted them to know that it didn't mean that they needed to stop because we need wellness advocates. We need women that are empowered by this, this movement. And it's not something that I, I'm stopping myself doing as a role, but to grow other people became a huge passion of mine. And I didn't even really know it, honestly. I, did, I still didn't really get it that that's what it was, that it was shifting where my business, I guess, was going. Like my career is mm-hmm. more more of a broad term to say with that, I think. Um, but I would say within the last less than a year, I'm not quite sure how long the time frame has been, but within the last year, my, that word of consistency, I haven't been using it as much because I have I have it under my belt really well. Uh, I've adapted just about everything in my life to knowing if it's going to become a habit, it's got to be consistent. And so quite ironically, the same mentor that gifted me the gift, <laughs> I don't even know how you say that, they gifted me the gift of consistency, um, had started preaching that, which she, I think what she was seeing through people, uh, but I think it's more awareness and personal development, mm-hmm. is that the word consistency is not entirely accurate. People don't have a consistency problem, they have a passion problem. Mm-hmm. And that's true. We've talked about that on previous podcasts because you're, everything you're doing in life is consistent already. You know, you have your autonomic processes, like your heart beats and your lungs breathe air, but you consistently get up every single day. You consistently have some type of morning routine. Um, and for some of us, it's get up at six o'clock, take your CBD, go do your yoga, go to your office. And for others of us, which is 2018, Rachel, and below, is you get up whenever you decide to between 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you dilly-dally fart around in your kitchen and have a massive, huge bowl of cereal that's at least three servings. You sit down in front of your TV and you watch Law & Order SVU for approximately two hours. No, Four, because you watch four episodes, whatever. You know, the show that you've seen a thousand times. Mm-hmm. You already know who the murderer is. Within uh, the first five minutes of the episode. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, you decide to head into your office for maybe an hour or two before it's time to go get Cole from school. And then you wonder why your business hasn't, like, skyrocketed. Because you only really spent 40 minutes. And did you really even spend 40 minutes? Because, like, a half hour of that was scrolling Facebook and catching up on your notifications and getting lost in the emails that you 
needed to delete, but don't really need to delete. So it's not a consistency issue. Okay. <laughs> I could go on all day, <laughs> all day about the stuff I used to do. Um, it's a passion problem, right? Consistency is doing something over and over and over and over again on autopilot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, passion is about finding are, are each of those things that you're doing actually leading you to the life that you deserve or the life that you desire or the life that you just don't think is obtainable. And for most people, it's a second. It is. It's a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I consistently watch Netflix during quarantine instead of reading books or listening to podcasts. Well, I will also say, though, that I've noticed that quarantines, it's made it more difficult for me to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's not in my morning schedule like a lot of smart people do, just to read a half hour before you get out of bed. Um, because I was audiobooking like crazy. So on my way to my parties and, oh, yeah. uh, on the way to the gym or at the gym or whatever, I was, I had plenty of time. I mean, I still have the same amount of time, but now Olivia has to listen to books on tape with me. <laughs> so, so, uh, I'm not moving as fast as I would like to, but I'm still definitely doing it. Um, but yeah, I think that that was part of the shakeup for a lot of people is that you notice that your consistent routine is quite a bit different than it was before. And that structure that a lot of us was, were finding was helpful in keeping your mindset focused and where it was, it was obliterated at that point. And overnight, at, you know, within a week was when we went from everything is fine to the smaller groups to the 10 to the nothing and social distancing. That was a week's time frame, at least in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We went from, let's say, I think it was the first week of March or the week before March, I had a really good consistent routine of I was going to the gym four to five days a week. I was doing yoga twice a week. I was doing boot camp. I was doing cycling class. I was going to my chiropractor twice a week. I I felt like I had, I we had Monday co-working hours. We yep. had Wednesday podcasting. I, yep. I, feel, I felt like I saw you at least five days a week because yep. we did Sunday mm-hmm. family swim days. My life was... It, it, it was weird because I quit my full-time job, my nine to five, you know, whatever, because I wanted more freedom in my life. And then what I was developing, what I was building was a very set routine, but it was a routine that I wanted. It was yeah. things that I wanted to do that would help me get to where I wanted in life. And then then we had spring break, which spring break we had the kids more. And I am primary, I guess, I don't want to say caregiver, but like, babysitter when the kids are at our house and not their moms because Brett still has to work during the day. And so that kind of disrupted my, my routine for about a week. And I planned on that, but I planned on the week after when the kids went back to school, getting right back into my routine and being consistent again in it. But the kids never went back to school and the kids have not gone back to school and now they won't be going back to school. And there's a potential that they won't be going back to school until winter after winter break. Mm -hmm. So it's, my entire routine, everything that I had built by being consistent for months was gone within within a week. It yeah. was gone within a day, it felt like. And that's why I felt like I crashed so hard when when quarantine hit. Because I didn't know what to do anymore. Like, I knew what to do. I knew what I wanted to do. But the things I wanted to do, I was, no, I was told I no longer could do. Mm-hmm. I could no longer go to the gym. I could no longer go to the pool. I could no longer, you know, do these things that were on routine. And it mentally it it was a struggle because I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, I don't want to just sit at home and twiddle my thumbs. And it was, it was hard. I knew, I know subconsciously I was like, oh, there's all this work that you could have done, but you decided not to. But within my personal development journey, 
I forgot that I had the tools to to push through it. Like yeah. My, my monkey brain shut down. Do you think that it was that you forgot or was it just you didn't want to do it? Because I've been there. I've been there where it's like... I think I truly think that it was... It may have started as, oh, I just don't want to do it this day or, or oh, we're just going to be on Or I'll do it tomorrow yeah. or like, i got plenty of time we're tomorrow. Do, we're just going to be shut down for another week. The kids will go back to school after. So instead of just one week of spring break, it's, it'll really be like they have two weeks of spring break. So I started putting things off and then slowly but surely I became consistent and not doing anything. Mm. Instead of being consistent in, in running my business and being consistent in eating healthy and exercising, you know, daily almost. I slowly but surely became consistent on of sitting on the couch and watching Netflix because it was quote unquote mentally the easier thing to do than to find a new routine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's so it's so annoying because when you actually look at it and think of it, it was I I felt mentally exhausted because it was a lot. Like the world as we knew it changed right. very quickly. Right. And so in my head at the time I was like, oh it'll be it's gonna be so exhausting to find a new routine. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to find a new routine, but then you look at it and you're like, but I did build a new routine. It was just not the, it was not a productive routine. It was not a routine that would help propel me forward. And do you feel like that routine was like the same that used to be your lifestyle or was it just something different? Like, like, you know, like like I was saying, like if, if I fell into the routine you're mm -hmm. describing, it it was me. That was was how I, when I was working from home, that was how I, that's exactly somehow had a business. <laughs> yes, that exactly. I somehow still have a business. I mean, technically, I have two, but I've I've decided to walk away from one, um, so that I can focus on one business and make it productive again. But yeah, it, I don't. I fell into 2019, 2018 Jess. Yeah, so again. I was asking if that, that if that's it, it was reminiscent of that. Oh, very much so. But and I think it maybe subconsciously it was because that I knew that was something that I knew. Yeah, like, like it was right. familiar. It was an old routine. So in in a time in a, an environment where everything is new and scary and big and and unknown, it was easy to fall back to the thing I knew. It just was unfortunate that I fell back to the thing that wasn't productive. Mm, yeah, and wasn't aligned with what my real goals are in life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's quite ironic for me because you know. I'm in this mastermind group right now, which just kind of fell into my lap, like blessed, blessed to have been given this opportunity to take the class because it it's for mentors and um, it's definitely a lot about like what's going on right now and how do you pivot and in your leadership, like how do you recognize if you are a leader versus who's not a leader. And it's very interesting because this is a small group. It's like six of us and there's two men in it, which was like holla. Cause I've not been able to coach alongside men yet. So it's really great to get their perspective because if y'all don't know, okay, they are, they are absolutely pre-programmed with way more confidence than women are just so you know. Um, so it's really cool to get that perspective. But you know, one of the things that I've been talking about is that I truly believe that leaders are born in this moment. And you know, like a lot of the questions they will ask in that mastermind is like, like number one, like how do you recognize if you're, you are the leader right now and how do you cope and deal with these types of things that are happening? How do you recognize your triggers and that kind of stuff? And I, sometimes like, I always, I always wait to respond because I'm like, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Um, this is the first time there's been such a massive shift in my life that I felt okay before, you know, like I, I recognized in January before anything was happening here, mostly because my husband and I talked about, you know, like we were just really following what was happening in Europe. 
I knew without a doubt it was going to impact my business tenfold. I knew without a doubt in that that far ahead um, that I wasn't going to be naive to think, oh, it'll be fine. Or, oh, like, you know, pure romance corporate office will figure it out for me or whatever it was. I knew that I had to come up with a game plan and I knew that I had to, I had to have actionable results then and there. I knew that. And that is not the old style of myself. That is not something that when catastrophe struck in my life, I could recognize that it was coming, that I could recognize that I was going to need to adjust, that I would recognize that I had the tools. And I'm not, I'm not seeing my therapist currently, um, right now during this time. So to say that I've been able to do this without the additional support of her too, is just, it's monumental for me. And so that's what I talked about a lot in the mastermind class. And I am so grateful that I have the coaching to kind of supplement that right now because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting coached in overtime, um, you know, six, five times in two weeks. Um, but it's, that's imperative for me. That's imperative to make sure that I, I know, am I on the right track? Am I doing the things I'm supposed to do? Uh, more importantly, am I growing more than I would have previously? So it's difficult because every almost everybody else, not everybody else in that group, but almost everybody else was like, I'm on the other side. I'm on the side where I'm like, what do I do? I, most of them have personal development too. So it's like, I recognize the same, the same things you're talking about. I recognize that I'm in a headspace that I don't want to be in, but I don't know how to get out of it. And so it's just really important that if you feel like that's you, like there, again, we talk about those three levels of uh, awareness, in my opinion, from being asleep to aware to being awake. And I, for people that are asleep, they're suffering hardcore right now because they, they're either ignoring this, like it's not like a big deal in terms of, well, the government's going to send out more aid. Mm, that's not on the docket. Um, you know, banks and lenders and people that have been giving grace periods, that's about to run out. Um, anything like there's people that are still in reduced hours. There's people that will never go back to their jobs. So the fact that this isn't, this is not something I know that the city, the state is about to open back up, but that doesn't mean that things are going to be okay. That doesn't mean that on day three, they go, whoa, 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 we made a massive mistake. We need to close everything back down and we're back to where we started. And I'm not saying that as a doom and gloom, God knows that I hope and pray that things will be okay and that we'll we'll start to regain a little bit more normalcy, but you don't know. You didn't know this was coming. So you can't operate from a false sense of control mm-hmm. <laughs> that we all think we have because none of us do. And I can guarantee for you if health workers had a say in what was going on, you'd have a completely different perspective. Oh yeah. Um those poor people, we just, we need to love them so much and send them all the free gift cards for coffee. Uh, so yeah, it's a different perspective. A hundred percent. Like I feel the, the weight of the world. I feel the, the energy has shifted and it feels some, some days it feels darker, but some days it feels lighter because it's like some days, you know, everybody's sitting in their home right now. You know that nobody's doing the things that they necessarily want to be doing. But on the flip side, everybody's in their homes right now with the people that they love, that the people that they cherish, that the people that they have maybe not had this much time with for, for decades. Mm-hmm. So there's, there are two sides to it, but you know, it is, it is just such, it's such a different place to be on this side of the fence where, you know, you have to decide if you are, if you're going to be the lighthouse for people or if you're going to be somebody that conforms with the rest of everything else. And one of the weirdest things I think, as I had mentioned this briefly, is that within a short period, I would say three months, 
Um, like I, I don't, I don't listen to the news anymore. Like I don't even listen to NPR, which is the dorky version of news. Um, but the, probably I would say the most neutral Mm -hmm. source, I I feel like they're probably more liberal, but they don't preach it. I feel like they're more accurate because they look at the facts and less about the opinions. Yeah. And they're, they're very much like, even if they are liberal, Mm -hmm. they don't report on that. They Mm -hmm. report, like you said, on the facts. So anyways, I digress. Um, I was very much into NPR there for like a solid year to get my news source, but it became just like, I feel like I'm listening to the same crap day after day. I I feel like nobody's getting along. Everybody's getting worse. You know, we had two particular parties and now those are so far apart from one another that there's, there's nothing I feel like I can relate to as much as I used to. And it's just, it, I'm still saying vote. I'm still saying be informed, but I can't listen to that crap anymore. I can't mm-hmm. listen to that crap anymore. And I believe that it's meant to keep you in a mind space. I believe that it's meant to, for you to listen to somebody else's opinion, which you have to just be careful about your news sources. I'm not saying that all news is like this, but big, huge ones with three digits, mm-hmm. letters, my bad, that it's sensational intentionally because they are not making money or selling and you're not watching if things are not scary, interesting or sensational. Like I said, mm-hmm. right there, if you're reporting on the local news about a dog that had 18 puppies and they all got adopted, that's not interesting for people. And it's interesting for me. I'll watch it. I like mm-hmm. it. But, but that's not what majority of the people are looking for. Cause they, they're looking for something to preoccupy their time. They're looking for something to entertain them, whether they know it or not. That's a subconscious thing. Oh yeah. Well, and I feel like, unfortunately, There are a lot of people that were going from the asleep to the aware before the whole coronavirus happened. Yes, I agree. So they became more aware that big news companies were doing the fear kind of marketing. Fear feeding. Fear feeding, fear Mm -hmm. media. But I, how do I explain this? In my opinion, it seems like there were a lot of people within the last six months to a year that were sliding from asleep to aware and then the coronavirus hit. So they know that the big media typically does a lot of scare tactics Mm -hmm. to keep people in fear. Yeah. And so now that the quarantine, the coronavirus is here, now that media is saying, okay, we need to take extreme measures. We need to stay away. Like we need to stay home. We need to stay safe. I'm afraid that there's a, there's a large mass of society that think that they're aware or awake and think that the media is just trying to scare us right now. So they think that this whole thing is a hoax. Yeah, that's and that's conspiracy theory. It's the cons- farther, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people jumped from personal development to conspiracy theory. Yeah. And now they're picketing. And now they're, you know, I want to get a haircut. Like, I'm not trying to put people down. But they're not looking at... They're not looking at facts. They're not looking at statistics. They're not listening to the scientists, to the healthcare workers who are on the front lines, who are who are seeing the effects and the numbers of deaths from this. And the I mean, amount of unknowns. And the amount of unknowns. I mean, there this poor doctor, I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard about it. I mean, a 49-year-old doctor from New York committed suicide after she, um, she was on the front lines in New York where it's a huge epicenter for the coronavirus right now. She saw tons of people die from it. And then she actually got hospitalized for exhaustion, went back home to a different state with her family, and then committed suicide because she was so impacted by the whole world and everything that was going on. I mean, I don't truly know why she committed suicide, but to be that moved and that affected affected by it, 
it's that's just, real. It's real. Your hair can ain't worth it yet. It, you're not at all. Mm-hmm. And I understand that people want to go back to work, and I understand that people don't want to be sitting on their couch because neither do I. Mm-hmm. Like that is not my goal in life is to be a couch potato. I mean, if it is your goal, good for you. Mm-hmm. I like potatoes. Um, but there's. I feel like people are missing the sense of community in the sense yeah, of, there's of some the people, greater some good. People. There are some people, yes. Yeah. So I just, I, I didn't mean to get on a tangent about the coronavirus, but. No, but I agree. And I think that it's actually something, you know, cause like for my hippie side of myself, like, so uh, one of the girls in the masterminds, she said something that she's, I don't remember what the line was itself, but it was basically like, we stopped paying attention for so long. We stopped listening to the factual side of things and really relying on these people, anybody, I'm not just talking about politics. Like I'm talking about big name companies, big bank, name banks, all of those things. We listened to all of that and the world was finally like enough is enough. And I know that this is, I don't think people want to talk about this because it sounds incredibly grim, but it's just like any bad movie you've ever seen. Uh, have you ever seen um, the, the the Kingsman? Is that what it is? Uh, with the young kid that... Yeah, I, I know the movie. I, okay, I've never yeah, seen so it the premise you. is that he is supposed to be a secret agent. The bad guy, who's Samuel L. Jackson, is literally implanting a virus into the world because he believes that it's overpopulated, that, you know, people, whatever, whatever, whatever. So if you just wipe out half the population, then it'll kind of naturally reset itself. And it's so grim to think about, but that's kind of what's happening. You know, this is a virus that the only thing that would be much, much, much worse, if you could even say that, is that it it affected everybody equally. Mm-hmm. And it's not, unfortunately. It's not. And that's that's devastatingly sad. But we're at a point where the planet's cleansing itself. And I think that that, I will get a lot of kickback about that, but I didn't do it. I didn't mm-hmm. create it, but it, it was fostered. And what has happened now that we've stayed home? Lakes and rivers are clearing up. Air pollution is down. Um, you know, there are certain types of crimes that have increased because of domestic violence, but people aren't out doing crap that they, you know, like you can't rob a bank right now. You probably aren't burglarizing because you know everybody's home. Right. But there's Drug all driving of, is down. Yeah, yeah. So there's all of these things that you have to take into consideration. I'm not saying that this was good for the planet. I'm saying that the planet was screaming and it's finally taking back some of its own health. Well, and to go like to kind of circle back to consistency and personal development, this may like living within this time is scary, is big oh, and yeah. it's unknown yeah. and you have zero control over anything in your life. But the silver lining that I keep looking forward to is that I know that how do I, I don't want to, I want to word this right way. This time will end. So this big, scary craziness will end. I don't want to go back to what was life before coronavirus. I don't want to go back to the debt cycle that, that not just myself, but society was in. Because of the consumerism and and ignorance. I want people to realize that supporting small businesses is important. Like I love all of the Facebook groups that are, that have been started about keeping the small restaurants open and the small businesses open. Um, because people, at least in our area are still allowed to go to get takeout from restaurants. And so there's an entire Facebook group that has thousands of people from our area that they're sharing like, Hey, this deal's going on at this restaurant. Food was great. Delivered great, great customer service. Like People are supporting each other in this time. Mm. People are becoming more conscious about what they're buying. People are becoming more aware of what they truly want in life. 
I feel like the coronavirus in a way woke a lot of people up mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking forward to the time of being able to put the coronavirus behind us, be able to go out and socialize in, in public again, but start talking to those people that ha- want to make changes in their life and see where society goes mm-hmm. because if if you were looking for a sign that something no needed shit. to change, yeah, this is the oh yeah, the like how sign. how much bigger of a sign do you need? You know, because exactly. like we talked about, like you know, so personally, I had my crisis about two years ago, but the last quote unquote global event we talked about was we had the banking crisis that happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. um, but that was still not this. People weren't losing their lives. People weren't losing their lives, per se. You know, mm-hmm. they were taking their lives, but they weren't. They weren't losing their lives. Nine eleven was the other one, and again, that was that was both of those were human error. Yeah, right. Like you could theoretically say that about this too, but this is a virus, a virus, which is it's just it's so different. Well, and this is global. I was just literally going to say that everybody's affected. Like I just watched. Um, there's a, a a new little documentary per se but it, it, it explains the coronavirus it explains viruses and pandemics yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on netflix you should check it out it was yeah. really really good yeah brett even sat down and watched it with me but it explained the reach of different pandemics and different viruses yeah, like, you know that came out before coronavirus too that show did oh well they this had coronavirus in it so, oh, so it, it was a different one okay it, probably anyway, different sorry. anyways um but it showed you a map and where like the measles and the mumps and like all of these different things that were global pandemics. But when you actually look at it, like, oh, it didn't even reach the continent of Africa at all. Like it was, there was no reported cases there where this, the coronavirus has reached everywhere. everywhere. It, is, it is spread like wildfire, but that means that everyone is affected pretty much like maybe not across the board, but everyone's being affected, whether you're race, class, I was just gender, anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so it, it doesn't matter if you have $5 in the bank. It doesn't or matter if you're the prime bank. minister or candidate exactly. or wife's got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this to me is, is putting everyone on the same playing field. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is on the same level. Everyone has the same opportunities after this. Like, yes, you can get down to the nitty gritty and be like, Oh, well, if I started off the coronavirus as a billionaire, I'm still probably better off than if I was poor. But mentally we are all in the same spot because nothing is going, unless we just get complacent and, and let everything go back. We're not going to be shopping at the same stores. We're not going to be buying the same things afterwards. We're not going to be having the same routines. We're not going to be, things will be different. Yeah. We will be more intentional, at least for the first couple of weeks after quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Because we've already been talking about it. There's all, all of these Facebook posts, all of these social media posts, like what's the first thing you're doing after quarantine? That is intentional. Your first actions after quarantine are intentional. Make them positive. Make yeah. them Yes, go treat yourself. Yes, rejoice that quarantine is over and that hopefully the pandemic will end soon. But be intentional about what your first moves are. Do you go back to the job if it's still there for you that you had before the, the coronavirus? Or do you seek out employment elsewhere? Do you start looking for a job? Or why aren't you started now? Yeah, exactly. You have the time to do it yes. now. You have the time to research and now. You have time you have, to learn a new skill. You have the time to process and to think and mentally prepare yourself. But once this coronavirus is over... Do you want to go back to the the life that you had before, or do you want to build something better? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because what you said about the 
I, that was the, when you were speaking earlier. Yeah, everybody. So I I can't imagine a better, is it a better? Again, this is silver lining. To even, you have to find them. You have to find them. But what a better time to not have to pay attention to race and color mm-hmm. and creed and any of that stuff. What better time to come together? But I, I, I can't say that I know. And um, I, I'm so grateful that you are talking about how hopeful you are because I, I actually come from fear-based with that. I worry that most people won't wake up. I worry that people will run back to what they think is normal because they are been craving it for so long. But as you were, as you were speaking, I just, I am so, I hope because as we talked about a couple weeks ago with the post that really stirred things up for people where Mm -hmm. they, they felt like I was coming from a place of privilege. It's how long has that been now? Two, three weeks at least. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and we're in week seven or week eight. It's gotta be at least week eight for quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Week eight. Is it? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So eight weeks, two full months that we've been in here. So you, you can't still be in the same place you were on day one, at least without getting mad here at yourself. Because you have to say that eight weeks into it, this is now a choice. There is nothing. like Reach out to the therapist. Reach out to a mentor. Reach out to a best friend. Reach out to a community college and start taking courses. It's your time to make the decision and be incredibly intentional about what you will be doing. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's not easy. It is scary. Oh, no, yeah. Is, it is crazy like I have a great example okay I've been struggling with the thought of walk uh, of walking away from my direct sales business Mm -hmm. for a while now yes and quarantine yes I am appreciative that working from home I could still do my direct sales business I could still be doing I could have pivoted to online which I tried to do but being at home thinking about the values thinking about where I want for my future I realized that this is the perfect time for me to walk away. This is the perfect time for me to to reevaluate where I want to be in five years. And for me, my direct sales business has done what I needed it to do for That's me. That's what I was going to say. It has given me the tools that I needed from it. It has given me the connections that I needed from it. It's given me you. <laughs> but I don't foresee it being part of my 10-year plan. I don't foresee it being what I want to be doing in 10 years so this is the time for me to pivot in my personal life, in my professional life, and to walk away from it. Because walking away from it now, I no longer I free up that time, that commitment, that energy that I was putting into that business. Maybe not always consistently, but it was taking away my at- attention. It was taking away my time, really. And now I get to invest all of those things into my future and to build, start building my my new my new future, my new normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's big and it's scary because within, I mean, I just made that decision on Monday, like 100% concrete. I'm not faltering. I'm moving forward with it. And by this morning, I've pretty much liquidated everything that I have from the business. And so it's, now it's real. Like now I have no reason to, to stay with it because I, I liquidated all my assets. But yeah, and I think that, like you said, it is scary, but that's what's really, what, what you're talking about specifically is I don't think that a lot of people get to that place. Cause you know, like what I had talked about that too, is just like, when you leave something joyfully, it's just, it's bizarre, especially when yeah. it's in reference to a job, right? Like people can't wrap their brains around, like something's gotta be up. Like mm-hmm. if you're leaving this thing at the height of your career, the best that you've ever been, 
which is definitely, I mean, you're not, you've never been in a bad place, honestly, with your PR business, but you've got great clientele. You have amazing consistency in your group and all that kind of stuff. And I literally last night officially reached for sales for 2020. I have surpassed what I did in 2019. Yeah. So I'm month four on month four and with, with a global pandemic. Yeah. So I, I, to some, I, like to some, it might be crazy that I'm walking. Correct. This, but, but that's what I'm saying is that when, when people, I think that we need more stories like that because that is the thing is like your job right now, there's a difference between holding on to it because it's good pay and good security, but it doesn't bring you fulfillment. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between that and a, a low crappy paying job that you despise and you know, affects you every time you go home. Yes, please quit that job today, mm -hmm. but find something to line yourself up with. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, that is a hard decision. You feel commitment. You feel obligation. You feel um, I have emotional relationships. I just said, literally, yeah, sisterhoods. Like, yeah. like, and what will they think of me? Mm -hmm. Not because, well, one because I want to preserve these relationships, but also because you feel an obligation to them. Oh yeah, and so, I've, I've invested so much in myself and in this business and in them yeah. that I feel I feel an obligation to stick around, to stay active, to be part of their organization because I have been thus far, mm -hmm. but. I'm a, I'm excited because I have found my passion project. I have found my passion profession and that's with photography and I'm finally at a place where I'm not scared to let go of that security blanket with PR. I'm not Yeah. like to me that's what it was. I understand that. That I think I'm having an aha moment as you say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not afraid of walking away from the security blanket and yes, I you could say that I come from a place of privilege because I have a partner who is still working full time and has a great paycheck. And if I like stumble, he'll be there to help me get back on my feet. But I also have a lot of pride of not letting anyone else pay my bills or, you know, doing those things. Like I want to take care of myself and be an equal contributor to our family. So I'm not going to just be like, Oh, I'm quitting PR to focus on photography. And then, Oh, I decided I'm not going to do photography anymore. I'm just going to be a stay at home housewife. Like sitting on the couch doing nothing all day. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like, I'm making this change so that I can start running with my photography business. I, yeah. I feel like I've been walking or slowly jogging, but now it's time You've to be taking a leisurely stroll through the park, <laughs> yes. smelling like the just, flowers, just dipping my toes in with the photography business. Yeah. But now it's time to, to really invest in education and practice and growing my skills and my clientele base or yeah, my clientele base base. Yes, and I think that people need to really translate this to their life because this might be a relationship. Mm -hmm. This might be getting right with your mental health. It might be... Spirituality. Yeah, yep, taking back your physical health as well. So don't be... I think that's, you know, that's what rings in my head is that I think that people are just afraid of the change. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of what... They're afraid of the unknown. And when we don't have control then that really kind of shoots us in the foot in terms of letting us move. Mm -hmm. Well, and I also struggled with the, I've met so many clients, so many women, so many friends that they only know me as a PR person. They only know me as a person who does direct sales. So I feel like I'm going to lose my identity when I walk away. From oh it. yeah. Yeah. My therapist, my therapist had to help me through that. Yeah, it's, you're basically, you're already mourning the loss of who you were. Mm -hmm. And the the thing that I, I preach is one of the, like the top five lessons I ever learned from my therapist is at some point in my life, I never understood that you can have duality in mm -hmm. your life. And 
We already do. Like people tend to forget you have a different role that you play. And this was hard for me to accept because I'm like, but I'm always Rachel. Yeah, I am always Rachel. But I 100% can tell you that I talk to Olivia in a different voice. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I do it. It's just because everybody else talks to babies and voices like that. And she's not even a baby. She's a toddler. I hate, I know, right? Two is coming up soon. Um, I 100%, it's, it's now it's better than it's ever been, but I used to even be that way with, with Tony. Like I, there was parts of me I would hold back. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as silly or goofy because I was mm-hmm. worried that he would judge me or that I would come off stupid. And now I just don't, I, I still, now I'll be in the kitchen talking to him like, okay, okay. Like I'm like, okay, that's like your live Rachel voice. But I would have never done that a year ago because I would have felt silly. I would even get insecure about, taking photos for my business, mm-hmm. like f- taking a picture of my lunch or I'll like doing a really short story or whatever, because that would make me insecure in front of him. I don't even know why, but you have to think about the fact that you have all of these different roles, whatever they are, your profession, your home Mom, life, whatever. Yeah. yeah. All of those Mom, things. Girlfriend, wife. Yep. And you play woman. a different person in each one of those roles, you whether you know it or not, you have to think, you have to sit down and think. Even as a mom to each one of my children, I played a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to set yourself free and understand that duality means basically like letting them all live in your head at the same time, which is so crazy to me because we talk about multiple personalities, talk about bipolar. I, I'm not dismissing that people suffer from these things, but I truly believe in my heart of hearts that nothing is wrong with you. I, I believe that that's just a term that somebody has associated to a behavior mm-hmm. that you have that somebody else acts the same or similar. Okay. But there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the way that your brain is processing things. This is the way that you've been learning to deal with your emotions and then some, okay? But when you start to discover each role that you are in your life and you let them blend together and you just be the one person, it's so incredibly freeing. It is. It's so freeing. So accept your duality, which basically means stepping into your power, in my opinion, because most of us hold ourselves back. Because we don't even know what our potential is. Well, and I feel like for a while I was holding myself back because I thought that the pure romance side of things was the part of me that people liked. It wasn't Mm. my personality. It wasn't what I knew you for. Yeah. Yes. That was my title. That was my role. But that wasn't who I was. That wasn't what attracted people to me. It wasn't, you know, just because I say I am a pure romance consultant doesn't mean that I have consistency in my business or good customer service or good knowledge or or what passion about what I do so all of those other things I'm still going to have in my photography business I'm still going to have in my personal relationships I'm still going to be to the core the same person it's just yeah my title is going to be different yeah I, I, I that, that's so poignant that you say that I think because that's what people associated you to only because that's how you started to grow your presence on social media yes and that's how I met the majority of my client base is through PR yeah that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, what I think we should kind of pivot back to is like the actual mentoring and coaching thing of things. Because so being in my position now, I think that I'm incredibly fortunate because um, most of what I ha- I go through with people is they're they're doing the same crap that I was doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. I think is probably more important to say. Uh, so it's it's good because I feel like I I definitely. I, at a leadership role where I can recognize that so that I can validate it for them and let them know that they're not alone. And I think that that's so freeing as well, because we think that the, the self-sabotage that we do or the, the negative thought, thought tracks that we have in our head are specific to us. Mm-hmm. And they're not, mm-hmm. they're not. When you get to know people more and when you hear other people's stories, which I think is very important to do, you're going to start to see how ordinary you are in the best 
flipping way possible. So, um, whatever you got to do, like, I, I know that one of the things that I talk about in mentoring quite frequently is finding communities on Facebook. Like, I just think that I know that it sounds so easy and simple, um, but also bizarre in the same breath. But here's the thing is like right now, especially with social distancing, we can't be in public. We can't be hugging our friends and going to bars and doing whatever you normally do. So what better opportunity to shift to a platform where you can meet like-minded individuals, not the same thinking because you want to spice that up from time to time, um, but like-minded individuals or have the same hobbies or interests or ideals or values you now have the world at your fingertips to be able to do that. So if you find yourself in a brand new position where your uh, anxiety is over overwhelming you, find a group on Facebook where other people are suffering from anxiety so you can talk about those things. You can recognize your triggers and find out how people are supporting themselves in this time of need. If you are starting to eat cleaner, why are you not finding Facebook groups about transitioning to eating cleaner? Don't jump into a full-blown clean eating group because you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're not going to feel like you're in your place there. But if you're in a transitioning to cleaner eating, you're going to see people that are struggling. You're going to see people that are not eating 100% plant-based. Whatever it is, okay? If you like to knit, if you like to bicycle ride, I don't care what it is. It's so funny because... Find your people. For a while, there were commercials about Facebook groups and about... I remember that. They were like playing harmonicas or kazoos. I I remember that. I rolled my eyes so hard every time those commercials came on because I was just like, this is is so dumb. Nobody... (laughs) Who's in Facebook groups? Nobody cares. Why do, Why are people You there? said that when you have Facebook groups? Yes. I literally did. I was... But it was because I look at my Facebook group as a business oh, and not as a community I of like-minded that. people. I and it. so now I, I did. I have joined quite a few Facebook groups. I actually started going back and like deciding which ones were were ones that I wanted to stay in and ones I wanted to leave because I had like 300 Facebook groups and it was just overwhelming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But I, the one that I've really um, glued to or, or felt like I have a community with is a stepmoming group. And yes. because in their description of the group, there's a lot of stepmom groups out there that don't include girlfriends um, of spouses or boyfriends of spouses. Um, well, I guess girlfriends because stepmom group, right? Um, but this group that I found was inclusive of women that are in a stepmom type role but are not don't have the title of stepmom. And I... I have found so many posts just scrolling through their reading of people asking questions that I have burning questions about, but didn't know to ask them or didn't realize that it was okay to ask them out loud. Mm. Like I felt like I was a horrible person if I wanted to ask these things, but seeing other women ask those same things and then being able to read hundreds of responses of people feeling the exact same way Mm -hmm. made me feel so normal and so I don't like I respected myself better because I no longer felt you, guilty about it. I was just literally going to say you let yourself off the hook. Yeah, I no longer felt, grace. felt guilty about feeling those things. I now feel normal. Yeah. That, so yeah, Facebook groups. Check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I would say, I mean, the same is true on Insta. It's just different. Yeah. Um, and I know that part of this is my age and part of this is laziness to get onto another platform. I just don't understand it as easily as I understand Facebook. Oh, yeah. And I mean, TikTok is... The newest thing. It's the newest thing. And, and the most prevalent. And, and uh, I can thank Brett for getting me addicted to that. But um, I almost like am starting to gravitate towards TikTok more than Facebook groups just because you can, I guess, t- attention spans are a little bit quicker. And I like video versus reading statuses more. Um, and it's fun and catchy. And you can find you can still find the community, though, is the, is the thing that I was getting at. So if you're younger listening to this or older, still check out TikTok. It's pretty cool. 
It's, it's pretty fun. Don't do it. Just don't. No. Don't. Don't sit. tell people to get on TikTok and waste four hours of their life. Well, don't waste four hours of your life, but get on there. There's there's um, divorce lawyers that are giving out free advice to Interesting. people. There's therapists that are, are explaining different coping mechanisms during the coronavirus. There's... Um, like there's new moms that are, are like mom hacks. There's artists that are showing off their paintings and things like that. Like it's not just teenage kids making dumb videos to get likes. Like it's actually <laughs> like community based and I love it. Like I, I, I personally really like listening to all the therapists and the lawyers that are on there just because they're giving out great advice, like common sense type advice that I thought everybody knew. But then you read the, some of the comments and you're like, wow, this wasn't common. Like, Thank you for doing a service to the general public. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, TikTok is not all bad, but like any social media platform, Again, be intentional. Be intentional, and don't let yourself slip into the four hours of just yeah, mindless, mindless scrolling. scrolling because yeah. you can do that on Facebook too. Yep, you absolutely so just can. Be intentional yeah. about how you spend your time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and just remember that you don't get that time back. It's incredibly exactly. precious. It's incredibly. I know June first is coming up, and I'm kind of freaking out. <sighs> <laughs> that's my big day. Yeah, that's, I know. That's my big, I have, I have an announcement, a big, I know. A big, a big exciting thing. Closing and it's in all, on a month now. I know. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, so make sure that you're tuning into that because I'm super excited about, because uh, I already know. So, um, I might have even helped her plan it a little bit. So, uh, make sure you're tuning in because it'll be really exciting. You'll want to participate for sure. And it'll give you a little bit of joy in your life, I think, as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So, we'll go ahead and wrap this up today. This was definitely still more of a tangent as usual, but, um, hopefully some information that helps you to gain some extra clarity in your life, a little bit of direction of where you're going or need to go, of course. And if you feel like you got value from this, make sure to share it and make sure that you come on over to the beginner's guide, uh, page where we have that group for personal development and support for sure. Uh, and if you need some free food, tune into Facebook tonight, tell the girls one more time where they can find you. I don't even know. Photoswithanderson.com or Boudoir Photos with Anderson on Facebook or just friend request me because I like you. Yeah, exactly. Need more friends because what do we say? That's how you're going to meet them right now. That's how you're going to meet them. And then when you're done social distancing, you can travel all over the world to meet your new friends. Hello. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be fantastic. Okay. So, yep. Tonight we have the live Facebook in Tone's Kitchen, making the Chipotle bowl, and vote for parties on Instagram. Watch my story as I F it up every day. It's great. And uh, 18 years or older for sexual wellness and intimacy needs, let me know, and I'll get you an invite to that as well. We'll be back next week. We won't talk about coronavirus next week. I don't know what we'll talk about, though. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know we yet. But know. we won't talk about coronavirus because I'm over it. Mm. <laughs> week nine. It'll be week nine by that time. Yikes! Yikes. But if there's something that you want us to talk about or you uh, have a burning question, make sure to send it over our way and we will 100% just roll with it and do what we can to give a a little bit back. Yeah. I suppose. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Bye-bye. Bye.